Section three of Little Journeys to the Homes of the Great, Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Little Journeys to the Homes of the Great, Volume One by Elbert Hubbard. Autobiographical, Part Three. The Roycroft shop and belongings represent an investment of about three hundred thousand dollars. We have no liabilities, making it a strict business policy to sign no notes or other instruments of debt that may in the future prove inopportune and tend to disturb digestion. Fortune has favored us. First, the country has grown tired of soft platitude, silly truism, an undisputed thing said in such a solemn way so when the philistine stepped into the ring and voiced in no uncertain tones what its editor thought thinking men and women stopped and listened editors of magazines refused my manuscript because they said it was too plain too blunt sometimes indelicate it would give offence subscribers would cancel etc to get my thoughts published i had to publish them myself and people bought for the very reason for which the editors said they would cancel the readers wanted brevity and plain statement the editors said they didn't the editors were wrong they failed to properly diagnose a demand i saw the demand and supplied it for a consideration next i believe the american public a portion of it at least wanted a few good and beautiful books instead of a great many cheap books the truth came to me in the early nineties when john b alden and half a dozen other publishers of cheap books went to the wall i read the r g dunn and company bulletin and i said the publishers have mistaken their public they want better books not cheaper in eighteen hundred ninety two i met william morris and after that i was sure i was right again i had gauged the public correctly the publishers were wrong as wrong as the editors there was a market for the best and the problem was to supply it at first i bound my books in paper covers and simple boards men wrote to me wanting fine bindings i said there is a market in america for the best cheap boards covered with cloth stamped by machinery and gaudy tinsel and gilt are not enough i discovered that nearly all the bookbinders were dead I found 500 people in a book factory in Chicago binding books, but not a bookbinder among them. They simply fed the books into hoppers and shot them out of chutes and said they were bound. Next, the public wanted to know about this thing. What are you folks doing out there in that buckwheat town? Since my 20th year, I have had one eye on the histrionic stage. I could talk in public a bit, had made political speeches given entertainments in crossroads schoolhouses made temperance harangues was always called upon to introduce the speaker of the evening and several times had given readings from my own amusing works for the modest stipend of ten dollars and keep i would have taken the lecture platform had it not been nailed down in eighteen hundred ninety eight my friend major pond wanted to book me on a partnership deal at the waldorf astoria I didn't want to speak there I had been saying unkind things in the Philistine about the Waldorf Astoria folks 
but the major went ahead and made arrangements i expected to be mobbed but mr bolt the manager of the hotel had placed a suite of rooms at my disposal without money and without price he treated me most cordially never referred to the outrageous things i had said about his tavern assured me that he enjoyed my writings and told me of the pleasure he had in welcoming me and thus did he heap hot cinders upon my occiput the astor gallery seats eight hundred people major pond had packed in nine hundred at one dollar each three hundred were turned away after the lecture the major awaited me in the ante-room fell on my neck and rained pond's extract down my back crying oh 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 why didn't we charge them two dollars apiece the next move was to make a tour of the principal cities under major pond's management neither of us lost money the major surely did not last season i gave eighty-one lectures with a net profit to myself of a little over ten thousand dollars i spoke at tremont temple in boston to twenty two hundred people at carnegie hall new york at central music hall chicago i spoke to all the house would hold at chautauga my audience was five thousand people it will be noted by the discerning that my lectures have been of double importance in that they have given an income and at the same time advertised the roycroft wares the success of the roycroft shop has not been brought about by any one scheme or plan the business is really a combination of several ideas any one of which would make a paying enterprise in itself so it stands about thus first the printing and publication of three magazines second the printing of books it being well known that some of the largest publishers in america scribner and appleton for instance have no printing plants but have the work done for them third the publication of books fourth the artistic binding of books fifth authorship since i began printing my own manuscript there's quite an eager demand for my writing so i do a little of class b for various publishers and editors sixth the lecture lyceum seventh blacksmithing carpenter work and basket weaving these industries have sprung up under the roycroft care as a necessity men and women in the village came to us and wanted work and we simply gave them opportunity to do the things they could do best we have found a market for all our wares so no line of work has ever been a bill of expense i want no better clothing no better food no more comforts and conveniences than my helpers and fellow workers have i would be ashamed to monopolize a luxury to take a beautiful work of art say a painting or a marble statue and keep it for my own pleasure and for the select few i might invite to see my beautiful things art is for all beauty is for all harmony in all its manifold forms should be like a sunset free to all who can drink it in the roycroft shop is for the roycrofters and each is limited only by his capacity to absorb art is the expression of man's joy in his work and all the joy and love that you can weave into a fabric comes out again and belongs to the individual who has the soul to appreciate it art is beauty and beauty is a gratification a peace 
and a solace to every normal man and woman beautiful sounds beautiful colors beautiful proportions beautiful thoughts how our souls hunger for them matter is only mind in an opaque condition and all beauty is but a symbol of spirit you cannot get joy from feeding things all day into a machine you must let the man work with hand and brain and then out of the joy of this marriage of hand and brain beauty will be born it tells of a desire for harmony peace beauty wholeness holiness art is the expression of man's joy in his work when you read a beautiful poem that makes your heart throb with gladness and gratitude you are simply partaking of the emotion that the author felt when he wrote it to possess a piece of work that the workman made in joyous animation is a source of joy to the possessor and this love of the work done by the marriage of hand and brain can never quite go out of fashion for we are men and women and our hopes and aims and final destiny are at last one where one enjoys all enjoy where one suffers all suffer say what you will of the coldness and selfishness of men at the last we long for companionship and the fellowship of our kind we are lost children and when alone and the darkness gathers we long for the close relationship of the brothers and sisters we knew in our childhood and cry for the gentle arms that once rocked us to sleep men are homesick amid this sad mad rush for wealth and place and power the calm of the country invites and we would fain do with less things and go back to simplicity and rest our tired heads in the lap of mother nature life is expression life is a movement outward an unfolding a development to be tied down pinned to a task that is repugnant and to have the shrill voice of necessity whistling eternally in your ears do this or starve is to starve for it starves the heart the soul and all the higher aspirations of your being pine away and die at the Roycroft shop the workers are getting an education by doing things work should be the spontaneous expression of a man's best impulses we grow only through exercise and every faculty that is exercised becomes strong and those not used atrophy and die thus how necessary it is that we should exercise our highest and best to develop the brain we have to exercise the body every muscle every organ has its corresponding convolution in the brain to develop the mind we must use the body manual training is essentially moral training and physical work is at best mental moral and spiritual and these are truths so great and yet so simple that until yesterday many wise men did not recognize them at the roycroft shop we are reaching out for an all-round development through work and right living and we have found it a good expedient a wise business policy sweat shop methods can never succeed in producing beautiful things and so the management of the roycroft shop surrounds the workers with beauty allows many liberties encourages cheerfulness and tries to promote kind thoughts 
simply because it has been found that these things are transmuted into good and come out again at the fingertips of the workers in beautiful results so we have pictures statuary flowers ferns palms birds and a piano in every room we have the best sanitary appliances that money can buy we have bathrooms shower baths library restrooms every week we have concerts dances and lectures besides being a workshop the roycroft is a school we are following out a dozen distinct lines of study and every worker in the place is enrolled as a member of one or more classes there are no fees to pupils but each pupil purchases his own books the care of his books and belongings being considered a part of one's education all the teachers are workers in the shop and are volunteers teaching without pay beyond what each receives for his regular labor the idea of teaching we found is a great benefit to the teacher the teacher gets most out of the lessons once a week there's a faculty meeting when each teacher gives a verbal report of his stewardship it is responsibility that develops one and to know that your pupils expect you to know is a great incentive to study then teaching demands that you shall give give yourself and he who gives most receives most we deepen our impressions by recounting them and he who teaches others teaches himself i am never quite so proud as when someone addresses me as teacher we try to find out what each person can do best what he wants to do and then we encourage him to put his best into it also to do something else besides his specialty finding rest in change the thing that pays should be the expedient thing and the expedient thing should be the proper and right thing that which began with us as a matter of expediency is often referred to as a philanthropy i do not like the word and wish to state here that the roycroft is in no sense a charity i do not believe in giving any man something for nothing you give a man a dollar and the man will think less of you because he thinks less of himself but if you give him a chance to earn a dollar he will think more of himself and more of you the only way to help people is to give them a chance to help themselves so the roycroft idea is one of reciprocity you help me and i'll help you we will not be here forever anyway soon death the kind old nurse will come and rock us all to sleep and we had better help one another while we may we are all going the same way let's go hand in hand end of autobiographical